<sighs> hey, Nick. Yeah, Scott. I know we already talk about Back to the Future Monday through Friday every week, but you ever think that it's not enough and maybe we could talk about Back to the Future on the weekend too? Well, Scott, we already talk about Back to the Future on the weekends in our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition. Oh, you mean the weekly podcast where we discuss everything Back to the Future related, including the comics, the video games, and even the filmography of Robert Zemeckis. Absolutely, Scott. For as little as $5 a month, you will gain over 20 hours of exclusive Back to the Future Minute content. Why settle for five days a week when you can enjoy Back to the Future Minute every day in your goddamn life? Go to DuelingGenre.com support and become a Patreon member today. Howdy, welcome to Back to the Future Minute, uh, the daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Back to the Future Part 3, one hill rolling Bear running from gate crashing, rooting, tooting minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. Uh, you, you, uh, you just put it all in there. I mean, do we even have to talk about the minute at this point? Yeah, no, you summed it up pretty well. Oh, and I'm Michael Barrity. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Michael. Glad to be here. So, yeah, today uh, we're going back to minute uh, 22, which begins with... Uh, Marty uh, looking at an arrow and ends with him uh, crashing through a wooden gate and dying. <laughs> yeah. Presumably. Yeah, presumably dying. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so pretty rough minute for, for old Martin. I mean, the past <laughs> three minutes have been pretty harrowing for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's hid from Indians, then the cavalry then discovered that he ripped the fuel line like might be independent of that arrow but we don't really know mm -hmm. uh and then he's parked his car in a bear cave and then knocks himself like loses yeah. his shoes knocks himself unconscious he's chased by a bear yeah which i mean those shots don't strike me as composited but no, yeah. We we need to talk about the bear. Please. Oh, yes. Because here's the magical thing about the bear, and I don't know if you have noticed this, but when they're shooting the bear head on, obviously that's a bear. However, yeah. Zemeckis was having trouble with the bear, and he was losing patience because all the bear wanted to do was sleep. It didn't right. want to do anything. Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, we're 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 wasting the day. I, we need to get this shot. Are you what talking we... about this over the shoulder of the bear standing up? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's... What What can we do to get this coverage? And this guy, one of the people on the set goes, well, we, we, have, a, we have a bear costume. So the over the shoulder shot is literally just a guy in a bear suit going at Marty. <laughs> And Michael J. Fox giving the best response to that person in a bear costume. It's magical. 
I mean, it's just magical. I, like, like those uh, two shots, very like the stand up uh, to the next shot of the bear roaring, like do not cut together very well at all. No, no, the the, the, the <laughs> I just saw the part where the bear stands up. <laughs> yeah. yeah the a- the fur on the bear costume doesn't remotely match <laughs> no. the fur on no. the bear. It's super shaggy. It's it like lo- it, it, it like they might as well bear. have just made a rug like around oh. a person. Oh god, just the way it's standing <laughs> up. It's so it's yeah, it's it's clearly a guy in a bear suit. It's one uh, of the greatest cinematic things I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't stop looking at it now. Yeah, it's great. Uh just going back to the the bear being a bit recalcitrant, I <laughs> I love that Marty runs out of the cave and then breaks to turn around because the bear is not coming. <laughs> like until we cut into that next shot and like, oh, he's barreling towards him, which is probably the only shot they got of the day of like that full run. <laughs> Oh man. That bear is amazing. Um I I the other the other thing what made what made me think of cuz okay so when I'm looking up the behind the scenes stuff and I find out the thing about the bear suit and then I notice the bear suit I I suddenly got this image of Doc was lying about being a blacksmith and is just like hanging out in this cave wearing a like pretending to be a bear the way that like Obi-Wan was pretending to be a Tusken Raider in A New Hope. <laughs> it just like comes out and acts like a bear to chase people away. Um, and I, people know I, him as the old man as the, and the bear like yeah, situation. Yeah. Oh, he's the, that's that old bear hermit that lives out in that cave. Oh, you have to stay away from the bear hermit. I really like the idea of uh, Doc living in this cave and... Uh, wearing a bear costume and Marty coming to him like that. And I just wonder how different this sequel would be if the blacksmith thing was BS and he was really the bear hermit. Like he, he just was like, I don't want to, I mean, truthfully, that seems like the better play for him considering that he was so anxious about affecting like the timeline of things. Right. That's actually really true. And when we first meet him, everyone refers to him as like that weird scientist that Marty hangs out with. Right. So it would make sense for him to just be like, Oh, well I can do this in 1885. That's totally fine. And it's actually to the like safety of everyone and their existence. Right. But yeah, it's kind of remarkable that, I mean, for all we know, he did do that for a little bit and then realized, <laughs> oh, I can't just be the bear person. Maybe maybe I can turn this into a lucrative business opportunity. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so uh, this whole, like, so we talked about um, last week, we talked about how the boots, you know, because uh, Bob Gale is a big believer in the note card method mm-hmm. uh, of screenwriting. And so here he needs something for Marty to throw at the bear 
So earlier uh, last week, he made it so that the boots didn't fit Marty. They were too tight. Right. Um, And I just, I think it's interesting that Marty brings the boots, but leaves the hat, the hat that fits. Yeah. uh, As he's about to take a 20 mile trek, presumably back into Hill Valley. Um. Because the uh, the drive-in was 20 miles outside of Hill Valley. Right. So I assume that's where he's planning on going when he's shutting the DeLorean door. Right. And he's going to he's gonna make that walk without a hat? Is he insane? Well, maybe he was going to grab the hat, uh, but he saw the arrow, saw the fuel line was cut, got really bummed, then saw the bear. The thought of a hat is now null and void. Uh, because there's a bear and you could make the argument like, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird direction thing, but it might purely be from a, we need to light him and he's already like in a cave. I don't know. Like the shade, the shade from the hat is going to be a problem. It's true. Uh, plus I guess if the next thing that's going to happen is he runs from a bear, he runs from a bear and falls down a hill. He's going to lose that hat anyway. Right. So they were like, ah, what's the point? Just let him forget it in the car. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. cares? <laughs> right. That makes a lot of sense. And then he... Okay, so I'm now just realizing geographically he... I'm, tr- I'm trying to, like, space this out. So he ran... He runs out of the cave. Mm-hmm. He runs straight out of the cave. Right. And continues running straight and then tumbles over a hill, which just previous to this, in the previous minute, the cavalry went over said hill. But in this scenario, when he goes over the hill, there's a fence. (laughs) Yeah. This, I mean, the McFly farm should have just been, I mean, you know, spoilers for next minute, but this, the McFly farm should have just been ransacked with Pahachi and the cavalry just just completely destroyed this farm. Right. I've just I was just now realizing like they yeah, like, they're much well I'll I'll save that next thought, but I well, I suppose as we see that hand start to come down, you'd assume it'd be well, no, they they come in a little hurried and concerned, so they might have heard all the all the hubbub and then well well actually if you go to the the the, the shot at about 31 seconds i'm in, seeing when, it i'm seeing yeah, it now There's there a is no hill whatsoever it's plains as far as the right. eye can see oh i thought i thought you were telling me to look to something else which is when he rolls down the hill if you pause it there mm-hmm. is what seems to be seamus spoilers right it's Uh Seamus yeah uh at like 55 right uh right over by the hill or somebody right uh so but they they're just like casually hanging out there yeah because I was thinking like oh they just heard all the hubbub of the cavalry at the very least and they'd probably be in a panic and be like oh my gosh we need to lock down the cattle or whatever Right. But instead, they're just chilling by the fence. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, at, at, if you go to 31, 
and you look behind Marty when he's screaming at the bear. Uh, oh yeah, it is. It is flat as all. All get out. Yeah, there's no hill that he's running up. Yeah, because he definitely runs straight. He doesn't run it at any sort of angle. I mean, even even then, it's just. <laughs> yeah, what what's going on at the McFly farm is is a little unique. Yeah, they don't they don't have a care in the world. No, they do not. He's just uh, he's just relaxing over there against the fence, taking five. Yeah. From farming whatever it is that they farm at right. the fly farm, which I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't find any information on what they actually farm in the middle of the desert. Uh moisture? I don't I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> it it ties it all back to the the New Hope. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was a there was an artist um uh, a while back who did uh he did th- uh, the the classic trilogy characters if they were all going to an 80s high school um and now i want to see i want to see the reverse of that which is like the the back to the future characters as uh new hope characters that would be fun and uh crazy bear hermit doc yeah (laughs) um but uh, yeah, I don't. I I have no idea what they farm at the McFly farm, and I, I don't know what they would be even capable of farming. Yeah, they're out in the middle of nowhere, and yeah. I mean, it, like you wouldn't have cattle out this far. Well, but and if it was just cattle, it would be a ranch, right? Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I suppose, the appropriate terminology. Yeah. So, huh. who knows? Yeah, weird. Uh, so, why don't you, um, I mean, our, the next few minutes have a lot going on uh, to talk about. Yes. So, now would be a really good time to tell people about your background with the trilogy and, uh, and Back to the Future in general and um, all of that good stuff. Uh, well, the the original Back to the Future for the longest amount of time was my favorite film. Uh, it's it's now my number three, uh, okay. only surpassed by Network and Rushmore. All right, respectable. Um, I, yeah, they're like unique in their own rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, easily one could argue that you know they're they're all delightful. They're all delightful. They are. Uh, um yeah back to the, back to the future I think it was the first DVD I bought it was either that or Ghostbusters but I'm pretty sure it was back to the future um and then actually I have a fun micro connection and you might or might not know this but um growing up in Los Angeles as I did uh as just tends to happen especially when your mother is a theater teacher like I was. I was like, I'm going to do theater. And then as a result, got an agent and was going out on auditions um, and subsequently booked a to play young Jerry Seinfeld in his HBO special where we were <laughs> shooting on the universal backlot, which meant uh, the day and where we shot put me in the Hill Valley Square that has uh. been prominently featured not just in Back to the Future, but 
you know, Twilight Zone and so many other oh, uh, yeah. universe. I mean, it's 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 the like, oh, we need a town center. It's this place, which now has become like more clearly Hill Valley's sort of claim to fame. Right. Um, but yeah, that was that was probably what cemented, I think, some of the like absolute wonder because I got to like run inside the clock tower mm-hmm. uh, and then just like explore all around Hill Valley um, for a really long time, actually. Uh, Back to the Future 2 was my favorite of the three. I think that's that seems to be the case with just about everyone until they get a little older yeah. and realize that it's actually the second one is a really flawed and silly movie. Oh, yeah. Um, although it has arguably one of the coolest endings. Yeah. Like, yeah. I nothing to me especially as a kid was like a holy shit that's so clever of DeLorean get zapped and then just the guy with in the rain with the envelope being like I knew you'd be here like we've been waiting for you know so many years and you're like oh that's so good that's how you work with time travel uh and that's the workaround Um, oh yeah like that that was that was just a blow my mind sort of moment um and I know, I know that Back to the Future Three gets quite a bit of flack, uh, but I, I I enjoy it quite a bit. Although, like some of some of the carryovers from two and three, you're like these these were very much created outside of the original film, mm-hmm. like like Marty's chicken arc, right? Because you're like that wasn't an attribute that you ever had in the first movie, right? But you know, whatever, right? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, originally what's interesting is it's a, it's a weird simplification of something that was a much more interesting, uh, dramatic choice in the earlier draft and somehow between the early draft and later drafts, it got taken out, but, um, probably some sort of studio note. Uh, but the idea originally was that Marty found out that he was, uh, like a deadbeat basically, in the mm-hmm. future. And that's the reason why he steals the almanac is because he's trying to find a way to not become that guy. Right. And and so it's not, it, it, like, that's the whole thing. And, and so it's all about, like, you know, figuring out who you are. Like, make yourself a better person. Don't take the easy way out was the idea right. of his arc in the sequels. Um originally and then they changed it to this chicken thing and i'm i don't i don't know if it's because i I don't know i don't know i don't know what the purpose of the chicken thing is um but uh i guess they just wanted to keep calling it back or maybe bob gale had problems incorporating the other theme uh into the into the rest of the screenplays but But that one seems so much more clear because you you would you see immediately in the alternate 1985 of like oh he could be biff essentially right like that you know he gets to see like ghost of christmas future as it were uh of like this is what you could become and then he goes oh okay i like won't do it 
but mm-hmm. also like this is a demon that I more or less have to face um, in another character, which is a fun, oh, look, it's the personification of what you could become in a right. character that we already know to be shitty. Yeah. Uh, which works on so many levels, but then I suppose they then don't have a long-running two-film arc. Right. And they don't they don't have the the that moment that they can they can you know hit you with at the end of three with the with the accident yeah um, that moment of change that very distinct moment of change right so I guess I guess that's probably the reason why it went away but they the chicken to be more overt yeah the chicken thing it just feels like one of the one of those like well this is the bad idea but we'll just throw it in the script and we'll figure out what it really is later right and then it never got changed <laughs> right they were like oh no this is the script that goes to everyone and they're like wait what and they're like we <laughs> shot it yesterday <laughs> right right exactly so um it's an interesting choice but uh yeah, so uh, you know, glad to glad to have you for 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 this and uh, for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, you may have noticed we're halfway through the episode. Nick hasn't spoken in a while. Uh, we lost him halfway through the episode, and uh, he has informed us to carry on without him. So uh, we will be doing so. Um, but we will be back. Uh, Michael and I will be back tomorrow. Yes. And uh, the rest of the week. So, talk to you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.